welcome to episode 18 of the Unity Society podcast. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I am Dieter Randolph, and I am pleased as punch to be here with you again. As we gather around, I have to note that I'm still bitter because I was forced to clean out my closet. Oh, boo-hoo. It needed to happen. It was horrible. Okay, it was well, really bad. Here's the deal. We have very full lives, and you know a cluttered closet is the sign of a brilliant mind. And also, you know, look, the deal is that, that I'm such a busy person that it that it's, you know, I got a lot going on. And, I, and you know, you sort of put yourself last, and it, it makes sure everybody else is okay. And also, you know, when I was a little kid... Am I just piling on excuses? When I was a little kid, it was so great to fool my parents into thinking my room was clean by putting everything in the closet. And nothing has changed. You are still like Yeah, but now I'm a grown man with my own closet that I can just throw stuff in. I know. And I saw you do that the other day. You literally stood at your closet door, the walk-in closet door, and threw something to the back of your closet. And I nearly, no, I nearly passed out. It's liberating. I'm, no, it's horrifying. This is a, I am a captain of my own destiny. No, but anyway, it's bad. No, and you were so mad. Well, I was. It was so like mad. saying goodbye to an old friend and certain freedoms. You just but, didn't want to do it. You did well, not it wasn't clean. any fun. But you didn't want to do any of it. For, you were. For, you had such a. You had such a crinkled up, angry face the whole time you were well, doing it. it. it who, nobody wants to like for kicks go clean out a closet. But for the listeners, we live in Florida. St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth. But if you know much about Florida, you know that certain times of the year, it's there's termites. It's just the deal. Well, just, there's bugs in general. There's ants. Yeah, there's it's termites, just a tropical it is. climate, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, especially in this part of Florida, because they, you know, back in the day, they cut down a whole bunch of oak trees and then built a bunch of houses. And termites don't know the difference between your house and an oak tree. So if you drive around St. Petersburg in the neighborhoods. I guarantee you will find a house at least that's got the the tent. It looks like a circus house. And so it was time for us to get that treatment done. And uh, fortunately, um, we found a very cool company and they don't do the tenting, which is great because we don't like the the chemicals and all that kind of stuff. But they do something different. But it's a beautiful thing and, and all of that. But the downside is that it meant that I had to clean out my closet. Well, but before we, we had called three different companies to get estimates and I thought we were going to have to do the whole tent the whole fumigation and if you've ever had to do that before it basically means you have to move out of your house like there is no you cannot keep any food in the house obviously but you even have to take the food out of the refrigerator I mean anything we probably have to wake up our son and bring him with us (laughs) but anyway so I was thinking oh my goodness we're basically going to have to move out of our house and get a storage unit to store some of the stuff and you have to get hotels for four days it is it's kind of a big deal so I was thinking oh okay I'm not moving all of this stuff and so I did it was like the purge it was like a huge just giving (laughs) not the thing where you can commit crimes but the other kind of well but that you know it's same difference Anyway. Well, that was easy for you because you're that kind of a person. And look, I'm not a hoarder myself, but it's it's one of those things. But I have to admit that it was it must have been easier for you because in the middle of all of this, you're also in the middle of your no-buy thing. 
Yeah, I I have put myself for the next five to six weeks at this point. Well, I think I I started it last week, so technically I'm into the first week right now. It's been about four or five days since I put myself on a no-buy. And what that means is I just am not purchasing any things for myself. For example, no makeup, no clothing, no jewelry, no purses, no accessories, no shoes. I'm just really trying to use the things that I have in my life right now and I really want to be a good steward of that and just you know use up some of the stuff instead of just consuming all of the all of the time and I think it kind of went hand in hand with the sort of the motivation of okay the house is filled with stuff that we don't need we need to give big old bucket loads of stuff to Goodwill and I think we've taken like two or three carfuls of stuff at this point to Goodwill. They they love us there. But it Well, was, and we've been living in this house for about 5 years and it's time yeah, to yeah. it's, and it's, it, it's, and it's been just time. time. It's yeah. just time in the closet. So, but it feels so nice and the garage got cleaned out and all the cupboards got cleaned out and I get I got rid of like, you know, like the dishes that are chipped and stuff like that and and stuff that you're hanging on to and then you look at it and you're like, "Why am I holding on to this?" and you don't even know why. And then mm-hmm. so um I was I was pretty hard core about it and just every time I picked up something I looked at it and said do I want to actually deal with this and the answer was no it went so it was actually a really nice blessing that we thought we were going to have to get tented but now we're not and and it's just it's it was just a really good thing you know do you have like a long list of do you have like a long list of like you know the hypothetical thing if the house was on fire what would you grab assuming that living things people and animals are okay and all of that well and important papers right? yeah important, yeah that goes off no, list, all, goes this is not saying. about the fun stuff the fun stuff like possessions and stuff like that do you have a, a sense of what you would take with you and is it a long list no it's really it's really not a long list i think that i would grab my grandmother's earrings and my grandmother's ring and I think I would try to get as many of the kids' pictures as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, on di- they're so digital right now exactly that maybe so. I'd just grab my computer, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't – there's not there's not really um, a long list of things that I would be really super, super attached to. For me, it would be – I have my ordination Bible. Mm, okay. And I have my dad's ordination Bible. Nice. And I have a facsimile edition of Lessons in Truth. Lessons in Truth is our primary textbook right after the Bible. And a facsimile edition means that it was taken from the uh, original printing presses or whatever of the original copies of Lessons in Truth. And so it's word for word exactly what Dr. Katie meant when she wrote the thing. Some of you know, if you know about Unity, that that Lessons in Truth has changed over the years. They even moved a chapter from where it's supposed to be at the yeah, end of the book to the. They did a bunch of weird it. stuff, yeah, and it, weird. it speaks to the immaturity of the movement. We'll grow out of that. But the point is, I have a facsimile edition. If you are a really hardcore Unity person, see if you can find a facsimile edition. Obviously, they're out of print, but sometimes you can find them on Amazon when they sell used books, or you can go to a used bookstore, Haslam's here in St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth, often has used Unity books because there's been a Unity presence in this town forever. Anyway, probably those three books, and that would be about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't have very many. I, you know, I like to use stuff, so mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I don't know. And yet, I don't have a lot of quote unquote heirloom things. But and yet, you have been trying to talk me into 
you know, this I think this is just I am a surrogate for your no buy thing. I'm beginning to suspect because, as you know, I don't really buy very much stuff. I just don't. It's not my thing. I buy books more than I should probably, but but I've owned pairs of jeans for years and years, and you know, I don't get a lot of new shoes, and you know, I'm just not that guy. Um, not very stylish either, but that's a separate talk. But you have been trying to talk me into finding what they call a subscription box. Yeah, now, I love can you explain my sub- to what to the universe what that is well there's a subscription box is just that it you know like you would have a subscription to a magazine and you receive the magazine once a month well a subscription box depending on what your interests are like the ones that i have right now are beauty con and that is like a whole kit of like makeup and you know hair care and that kind of stuff and they send it to you and usually they're full-size products that you can that you can use and try out, but it's for much, much less. Like usually the beauty cons is worth like $200 or something. So you like actually that. save money. Oh, you absolutely do. You never know what's in them, but it kind of gives you, it kind of gives you like a, um, um, an idea and new things to try. And usually it's companies doing promo stuff and things like that, but it's really cheap. And then the other one that I do is I do BoxyCharm and that's a once a month and that's like 20 bucks a month. It's usually over a hundred dollars worth of stuff for 20 bucks, but it's, it's that one is absolutely makeup, but they have like fab fit fun. That's, that's like a, yeah, he used to host yo MTV raps. <laughs> No, they they do clothing and and other kinds of stuff and then there's 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 all there's thread box, there's you can do clothes, you can do makeup, you can do food, you can do but for guys it's like kind kind of limited and I think you've been a little bit jelly of me <laughs> on my subscription well, box. It's a little so, bit like somebody sends you a present, you get new toys. It's a little bit like having some weird secret admirer. It really is but and they're the secret. Is, the you guy, don't know what's gonna the be. The guys in. the options for dudes are fairly limited, just as you said. A lot of them are, if you're the kind of person that really needs a new bow tie and a pocket handkerchief and some kind of face lotion once a month, if you know me at all, that's not me. And there are some that are, you know, different kinds of things, but for the most part, I I just, I can't find any that interest me. There's one I found where um, every month they send you a mysterious puzzle. That would, that would be pretty cool. I almost I almost pulled the trigger on that. You know, like, it's supposed to be like an escape game, but sent to your house, where you've got to figure out the puzzle and solve the clues, and it's a mystery, and it's, you know, you get phone calls and text messages, and, and I almost pulled the trigger on that, and then I thought, you know, I have enough stress in my life. I don't need more jobs to do. Yeah, well, there's one, there's like... um. I know there's one for like snacks and things like that that you can get but monthly. That's the last thing I and need. And everything else. But Birchbox, Birchbox Man, it looks really, really good. That was and right after the, the Pleistocene area. We uh, we evolved into Birchbox Man. No, stop. See, you're just, I'm trying to put my energy into other people and I'm trying to, I'm trying but to we be don't a believe good in citizen energy. in the world. Ugh. I'm trying to be a good citizen of this house and help people out. And maybe if you try a subscription box, maybe you'll get into something. Maybe you'll become more stylish. Maybe they'll something something will click for you, and then all of a sudden you'll be like, "Hey, that's really." You're cool. going to walk into the office, and I'm going to have a bow tie and a monocle and a top hat on, and you're not <laughs> going to know what to do with me because I'm going to look like the guy from Monopoly. That's going to be horrible. Thank you, Parker no, Brothers I don't, Mystery no, Box. I don't want that. I don't want that. But I, I, you know, I mean. But um, have you looked at Spreza box? That one looks really cool. That's for delicious. Guys too. That's the white sauce. Look, 
we're not going to agree on this. No, we're not. Because I'm a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. I'm a little I bit know. country and you're a little bit rock and roll. But uh. one thing that we have been able to agree on is uh, is the Daredevil show. Now, yes. we talk about, yeah, we talk about TV stuff a lot, but that's the new obsession. And it's really funny because we got referred this by a Unity minister. And I'm not going to say this gentleman's name because... He may or may not want people to know that he's telling us to watch Daredevil. Because the thing about the Daredevil show, it's on Netflix. I'm a huge comic book guy from way back. It's pretty violent. It's, it's violent. There's there's some 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 loving times in it. They don't show any <laughs> any skin, but it's you know there's stuff going on and there's there's really violent stuff that happens and all of that. And so you know I'm not necessarily recommending it. And I could see why a minister wouldn't want people to know. I have to say, as a preacher. I love the show. It's very well done. All of the, you know, the technical stuff, the acting is good. The fight scenes are are believable. And Daredevil is a superhero, but he doesn't really have superpowers. Um, Well, he kind of does. His deal is that he's visually impaired, but his other senses are incredibly heightened, where he can, for example, tell if you're lying because he can hear your heartbeat. And he, you know, that sort of thing. But it's not, he can't, he gets hurt really bad all the time. I have to say, I was, I was, and maybe it's, again, this is because we binge watch it and you you can so pick out the patterns of the episodes when you do that. And so I was really getting tired of him getting hit in the head so many times. It was like, oh, come on now, you know, stop getting hit in the head. It's hard but, being a daredevil. But the, <laughs> the thing that sticks out for me beyond the fact that it's a fun show and I'm a comic book guy and they've done a good job of being faithful to the comic book and all that, the, it checks all the nerd boxes. Sure. But the thing that, that I wanted to bring out, especially for listeners of our podcast, is that a huge deal for Daredevil is that he's Catholic. Mm-hmm. His Catholicism comes out all of the time in issues of right and wrong. And one of the people he talks to a lot is his priest, which is, you know, I can't, I, I, it's hard to imagine Superman, for example, doing that. But anyway, um, it's, it's really interesting because those big issues of what is morally right and wrong and is it okay to beat people up, which is wrong, for the sake of a greater good, which is right, and and all of these moral issues, it's a it's a fantastic exploration of what ethics really means in this day and age, without being heavy-handed about it. It's it's really an interesting exploration of what it is to to do good in the world. And here's the thing, uh, in, unless. I'm wrong. I don't think anybody listening to this show puts on a, a suit of armor and goes and fights crime at night. That you know about. That, a well, suit of armor? Yeah, Daredevil wears armor. He was yeah. Well, but you make it sound like a medieval knight, a suit well, of armor. Not everybody fights dragons either. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. I'm picking on you. But I know I, I loved it. I, I loved Daredevil. I thought it was really, I thought it was really good. Let me I try just... that again. Here's what I'm trying to say. Not everybody goes and does that sort of thing. But it's important to understand that everybody is powerful. That the decisions you make do matter. And they create your whole next experience, your whole world. And so maybe it's important to really think about the weight of your thought and your word and your action. If you're tired of life just going by, remember that the power is yours. And that's in there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. So who's your favorite character? On Daredevil, probably Daredevil. Daredevil. I, there's a his mentor is a guy named Stick, 
who's played by Scott Glenn, is a phenomenal actor. He's been in a million things. You'd know him if you saw him. Uh, Daredevil can't see him. But um, it's... Uh, I don't know. Mine is between Foggy and The Punisher. So I don't know. Foggy I, I... and The Punisher is my favorite <laughs> pub. Um, <laughs> no, those those are those are my two favorite characters. So, you know. No, that says a lot about you. But it The does. Punisher is getting his own show uh, later, and I'm sure I we'll know. be talking about that. As we move to the dig in section of this podcast, of this episode, we wanted to talk about welcoming the stranger. Now that's a that's an ethical concept. It's sort of a that's a loaded phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor uh, Daryl Fashing is a guy I studied with at the University of South Florida, but he's written a bunch of books, and it's not even his term. But he had said many times. A test of your ethical system is your ability to welcome the stranger. In other words, it's easy to be nice to people who are like you. And this sounds familiar if you've read the Bible. It's easy to be nice to people who are like you. But can you love your enemies? Can you welcome the stranger? How do you deal with people who are outside of your circle, so to speak? And if you can't deal with them, if you need to keep them on the outside, for example, or if you're antagonistic towards them, your ethical system ain't all that ethical. That's the point. So how do you welcome the stranger? How do you deal with people who are in one way or another outcast, for example? Mm-hmm. Well, and I was going to say, it seems like a very easy concept on face value. Mm-hmm. But I think that welcoming the stranger there's a there's a much more subtle way about it, you know. And what I mean by that is that you can say, "Oh yeah, I love everybody. I love every race, color." Well, you everything. know, you're and, supposed, and you to. know, you're supposed to do that. But I think it comes out when you're on the elevator with somebody that's making you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and you have those inside feelings that maybe you don't share out loud. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the real deep stuff that you you don't say in some you know political correct arena because you know you're not supposed to. And I think it's really, really important to be super honest with yourself when you're faced with anything like that, when you're faced with situations. And and we had something happen that was such a wonderful example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know, and it was terrible. And, and I just... So bear with me right now because it's a little bit of a story and you can help me out with this story. Okay, well, I'll start. We were on our one of our morning walks, you know, that we do that several times a week uh, to go round around when the sun comes up, walk down by the water, walk through downtown. And there's several parks uh, right along the water and they're kind of interconnected. But sometimes they'll close off one of the parks because they'll have some kind of a... Yeah, like right now, one of the parks is closed off because they're doing uh, an outdoor rendition of Hairspray, like a Hairspray in the park, you know, that play. So so, so, they've got that part, they've got fences around and stuff like that. But what happens is, when they close off a section of the park, if there were any homeless people hanging out in that section, they've got to go somewhere else. Right, and usually Because they live there and now they can't, you know, that's right. And so we were walking and uh, we saw up ahead of us someone who 
lived out of doors. And in fact, she looked like she was, I think she was probably coming down from being high. Yeah, or I kind of got that, either. She was somewhere else. Let's put it was, that way. She was somewhere else. So it was either whether it was drug induced or whether it was, there was some kind of mental challenge, challenge yeah. that was going on. She was, she was in another place. She yeah. was not, she was not really here. But I want to back up for just a second because it's so funny because she was not our homeless people. She was a new homeless people. And <laughs> and no, I and, and this is what well, I mean by that. There's some we people have, we walk by that we yes, say and hi that to we every morning. And that we bring cups of coffee to mm-hmm. occasionally. Sure. And so those are our homeless people that you know and, and it was so sort of extras in the movie of your life. Right. You know. it, well and, and it's just it's the location that we walk by and they just seem to be there. And you know, I always want to acknowledge them as people in the world and you just don't pass by somebody, you know. You can't I, you I, have to I, I at very least least make eye contact not sure. say hello i'm a person in the world and you have every right to be a person in the world too right just doing that is huge right take so a she, minute and make sure that nobody is scenery in your life yeah right? but she was not she, she wasn't, wasn't in our she cast. wasn't in our cast she right. wasn't an extra person in our life you know and so i think one of the reasons that she stood out for us so much is because we weren't accustomed to seeing her on a regular basis. And we had passed one more gentleman, I think, on the way that was not um, a, a usual person on, on our path either. Right. So um, so anyway, so I just, I, she was young. She, she was probably about our daughter's was, age. Yeah, so. she, she was either about our daughter's age or maybe a little bit older. And so immediately my heart was just like, oh my goodness, you know. And, and I looked at her feet and there. You know, her feet were dirty and, and she just, you know, and it was just one of those things where my heart just was kind of breaking for her. And like I said, we we walk fairly early in the morning, so it's probably around a, a li- about 8 o'clock at this point, a little bit before 8 mm-hmm. o'clock. And we walk to a coffee shop and we get our coffee, but so we were standing in line and I said, you know, Dieter, I, I really just, let's get a thing of orange juice and let's just get a muffin and let's just give it to her. She looked like she could use some breakfast. And I think personally for me, I was thinking if she was coming down from a drug situation, a little food, bit of food would be food good. Food is always good. And if it was sort of a mentally challenged sort of a sort of an issue, food is comfort. And so I was thinking either way, it might make her day a little bit better. To be able to, to be able to give that to her, okay. And you were kind of like, well, I don't know. And and I said, no, I really, really want to do it. And so and so we did. We bought her the orange juice and we bought her a muffin and we had our coffee. And so we're on our way back. And I was like, let Dieter let me do it because I don't want her to be scared of you. Because you know, I'm a big a, scary guy. No, but just no, a, I got it. I know. You know, a male presence. I I just think it would be one of yeah, those. And I so gotcha. I went up to her and I said, thought you might like some breakfast. And I and got by the way, ready. I want to stop you right there. That was really important. And I don't know. You just said that because that's the kind of person you are. But. It's really important to take a minute to acknowledge the fact that you didn't say, well, you look like you could use some breakfast. Because even though that's a well-meaning statement, that's... That's, that's a judgment. That's, that's a judgment. That's right. me looking down on you. And you were very careful to say, I thought you might like some breakfast. And I know you well enough to know that that was very deliberate. It's important. And I'm, I acknowledge that that was a good... 
well, place to come from. Well, and it's not the first time that, yeah, that, that we have done this. Just as you said, this, we do this know? kind of thing from time to time. you sure. got you got to make sure it feels right because you don't know where I people are my, at. I and, use my gut on yeah. that. And, I, and, and as I walk by somebody, you know, I, I really just have a, you know, intu- intuitive yeah. thing. And if I feel led to do it, I do it. Um, I don't always feel compelled to do it. So, But this time I did. And so I approached her and I'm getting ready to, to you know, do my good deed. And uh, I said, oh, I, you might like some breakfast. And she didn't even say anything. She just looked at me with, and, and she, she went, mm-mm. Mm-mm. yeah, no words, just a mm-mm. and she just went on walking. And the whole vibe that I got was, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want it. So I was like, oh, okay. And for a split second, I have to say, the old ego, you know, comes out a little bit and the the little me, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 small mind me was like, how come you don't want my muffin? <laughs> how come you don't want my orange juice? You know, and, and I think that there is that moment of feeling a little bit superior. And that's what that goes back to the point that we were talking about when we started this segment was being really careful about acknowledging and being truthful about where you're coming from and why you do the things that you do. Yeah. Because the thing is what you do is really important, of course, but even more important is why are you doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. because your prayer doesn't start with your action your prayer starts with your intention what is your intention what is your your worldview you know we talked about the idea of see speak and surrender about that how that's the prayer process it starts with what you see if i see myself as superior if my ego is a part of that equation it's not going to work out like i want or it is going to work out like i want and i'm going to find out i didn't really want that to, to start with i have a story just like that you know my story. If you know me at all, you know that, I know you know the story, Jenny, but when I was, uh, I got my first big boy job, they flew me out to San Francisco to do some training. It was a computer thing. And I was, I'd never been to any kind of a real big city before. I was desperately homesick. I don't travel well without you, Jenny. It's, I don't want to be away from you for a moment. And we had little ones and it was hard and I didn't like it and you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was desperately homesick. And so I would go do my training during the day, but then I'd go back to my hotel in the evening and it was in the middle of the big city and I didn't know a soul. And I would just, I didn't know what to do and I couldn't handle just sitting in the hotel room by myself. So my strategy for the the week or so that I was there was just to wander around in the city until I was so exhausted that I could go back to to my bed in the hotel room and it just crashed. That was my plan. And uh, I was in Union Square, which is where all the shops are, and uh, there was a homeless gentleman. He said, do you have any cash? And I truthfully said, I don't have any, but you know what? I'm going to go into this store right here. I could see that they sold cookies. And I said, I'll buy you a chocolate chip cookie. How's that? He didn't want no cookie. I know that now. <laughs> I've been to big cities lots of times. This was a long time ago. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't know. Right. And uh, and so I went in. My heart was in the right place. Sure. But I went in and I bought I bought you a postcard. And I bought a, uh, a big old... Ch- and they were like the size of a Frisbee almost. It was a gorgeous looking chocolate chip cookie. And I thought, boy, he's going to like this. And boy, 
what a nice guy I am. Mm -hmm. I know that thought was in there. Oh, sure. But I came back out and he was gone. And so I spent a very long time, hours, up later than I should have been, wandering around a city I did not know. I was probably not super safe, you know, doing that dumb thing. But I spent hours wandering around San Francisco looking for my homeless guy. Because you know, if you've ever been to San Francisco, there's lots of homeless people there. I walked past lots of people who probably would have liked that cookie. But I had to find my homeless guy. And of course I didn't find him. And late, at, late that night, late, late, late that night, because I couldn't sleep, I got back to the hotel room. I ended up eating the darn cookie, which it made me feel terrible. I ate a homeless man's cookie. But the point is, if you get fixated on what you're supposed to do with your ego, you're going to miss a lot of really good opportunities to serve. Well, I also think that sometimes what your idea of doing good is might not be the right idea in that moment. And you have to be open to that. Mm -hmm. It was clear and I wasn't going to push it, you, you know, with, with this young woman about, no, take my breakfast, you know. And, <laughs> I, you know, because that would have been insulting too and that would have not been okay. You asked once, took her at her word, moved on. I carried my orange juice and muffin. And I did look for some other people to give it to, but the opportunity didn't arise. And so I brought it home and um, I think our daughter ate the muffin and our son had the orange juice. And so sometimes maybe it's just a message of, you know, just be open to different ideas of where you think it's going to go because your ideas may not be the way that it should happen at that moment. And if it would have been forced, it could have ended up badly for her or for us or for somebody else that she ran into later on, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that I think that not forcing it, but also being really, really clear about what your motives are and being really clear about where you're coming from. And if you have that moment of ego, like I did, it's important to acknowledge it and to go, oh, no pull it back. That's not okay. What you're feeling right now is not okay. Because, you know, you can get your feelings hurt, or you can get your ego bruised, or you can say, hey, I was trying to be a nice person, and you're just a jerk in the world. <laughs> you know, you can you can get there very quickly, because maybe embarrassment, or maybe, you know, you set yourself up on a little bit of a pedestal. And, you know, so if you do have those feelings, really, I think it's super important to check yourself. But I will also say this, it's not always with people that have less than you do. Sometimes it's really important to check yourself when you think you might be smarter than somebody else in the room mm -hmm. or when you think you might be a little bit better looking or that you have a better handle or on even life. just different or, and or just different. You know what I mean? I and do. And here's the thing that, that, that popped out for me when you said that. I'm crazy about you. I'm crazy about you. I mean, you. I think about that all the time, but stick with me. The thing is, I've got growing up to do still. I'm not a young man, and I still got growing up to do. Yeah, but exhibit one, A, 
your closet. It's very clean now. It's boring and clean. The point is that I am mature enough that I don't need to be with somebody that is exactly like me. It's not a good relationship if all you're looking for is a clone. Now look, Jenny, there's a lot of times when you and I are on the same page, but even then, we have arrived at that destination through very different means. You and I see things very differently a lot of time, and we work together beautifully, we, we create and experience peace in a beautiful way, but it's not because we're carbon copies of each other. It's not a mature relationship if you need to be a complete clone of the other person. And in fact, the the parts where we're just exactly the same, not nearly as interesting as when we each bring something different to the table and the result of that intermingling is greater than the sum of the parts. That's when the magic happens, right? Sure. Can you imagine how boring our talks would be if we were just like, yep, we agree on everything. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, great. And it may look like that from the outside, I gotta <laughs> admit, but that's not the case. But, and I'm very proud of the differences because once again, that's the fun part. That's where the magic happens. That's where something beautiful happens because we bring something to the table and we create something out of it that was more. So that's the magic. And the reason that it works is because you and I have gotten very clear on the fact that there's something that's bigger than both of us. And so it lets us off the hook. It lets us get our ego, ego out of the way because I'm not the source of the good in the universe. Neither are you. We celebrate something bigger. So if that's true, then what I'm suggesting is there are times when you are around somebody who is different in whatever way. They're different, you know, socioeconomically. They're different in terms of what their value system are. They're different because they, they're forebears came from a different part of the world or Whatever maybe they haven't just had the experiences that you have had so they don't have the quote-unquote education about certain circumstances or you yet. don't you or know you don't but my yeah. point is there's a million different ways that people can be different because everybody's different the fact that you might be in a situation where oh, you feel a little bit uncomfortable you feel a bit a little bit out of your comfort zone you have a choice in that moment. You can retreat from that, or in fact, you can put up a wall of judgment or hate or whatever. You can make sure you are in a homogenized environment where everybody pretty much agrees with you, pretty much validates you, and so on. But when you do that, you are cutting yourself off from emotional, spiritual, psychological, and any other kind of maturity. Or growth. Or fun. Yeah. So what I'm suggesting is when you get on the elevator with somebody that that you feel funny about that experience, first of all, acknowledge it. But more than that, try in whatever way makes sense to you to get to the place where you go, oh, wow, this is good. I'm supposed to be out of my comfort zone. I'm not suggesting you go looking for trouble. Don't go down a dark alley in the middle of the night singing, I'm in the money. But, well, no, you know, but I mean, we're when, not talking about being stupid. No, I'm not. But what I am suggesting is just life being what it is, you're going to find yourself in situations where you feel out of your element. The good news is you're supposed to be there. And what we want to do is move out of a place of alienation 
but not even stop in the middle where people use that word that I cannot stand, and that word is tolerance. And I've talked about it many times. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Some people stop at tolerance. Well, I experience tolerance for people of all races and creeds. Well, tolerance isn't a, isn't a goal to shoot for. Tolerance is a waypoint along the way. Because if you tolerate something, what you're really saying is that it's unpleasant. Nobody says, hey, how was that movie? Oh, well, we tolerated it for an hour and a half. Right. That's not good. Racial tolerance, for example, is garbage. That's not the point of this. We're not supposed to tolerate one another. We're supposed to celebrate. Move out of alienation, right through tolerance, and into celebration. The goal is not, let's be very clear, the goal is not that we're all supposed to always be the same. That's not what we're talking about. The goal is for me to say, you know what, you represent an entirely different set of understandings, values, experiences, whatever it is, isn't that great? And I think the starting point for getting comfortable in those situations is to know yourself and to be honest with where you're at and stop trying to fool yourself that you're some, you know, that, that you're not going to be uncomfortable or that you're not going to have these human responses and be honest about it and if you are if you can acknowledge where you're at then you can let it go and you can grow but if you're in denial all the time of well i'm just a good person i'm just a good mm. you know and oh don't you hear that so many times it's like well i'm not this and i'm not that and you're like okay why do you keep saying it you know because it's def- you protest yeah so much. you pro- i was going to say it's it's shakespeare yeah. it's like stop saying it because that's exactly what you're doing and so I really, really think that it's important to begin with yourself and really an honest, honest look at your responses at, at every at every turn. Just like I said, I was I was a little bit my feelings were a little bit hurt that she didn't want my muffin. <laughs> and you know what? I'm sure your feelings were like, oh, he didn't wait for my cookie. What the heck? You know? I mean. Yeah, and did he think that I was lying? Right. You know, and and all that. And so all of a sudden, it becomes all about you when it was never about you, you know, in the first place. The world needs God with skin on it. Mm -hmm. You know, our hands and our feet and everything that we can give. And if we're supposed to do that, you know, our slogan is God is good, you are good, go do good. And I think that that's wonderful. But it also doesn't mean that your idea of good is always, the, you know, the way that it should be. Well, and, and I see, think you have to be open. That, that, that's why different... you come second. God right. is good. And you inherit that good. It isn't your good. It's, it's God's good coming through you. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important distinction. You know how they say pain is weakness leaving the body? That moment when you've got the willies or you feel uncomfortable, that's ego leaving your situation. Go with that. Don't try to master it by being smug. And it, the thing that sticks out for me is when well-meaning people say, well, you know, all religions are saying the same thing. No, and they're, not. they're manifestly not. And you bloody well know it because there are some religions that think the other ones are going to hell. They don't all say the same thing. And the kind of person that says all religions are saying the same thing tends to say, well, they're all saying what I say. 
And so there's a little bit of smug superiority in there, unintentional perhaps, but it's in there. And it's well, it just almost, keeps you in your comfort zone. Yeah, and it's, it, it it just it keeps you in your bubble. If you can justify or rationalize, you know what other people might be thinking when you really don't know and cannot know what another person is thinking, but you can rationalize your behavior based on your assumptions. Man, that's that's talk about layers of abstraction and coming back mm. from actually connecting and and getting that real true connection with another person you don't i don't need all religions to say the same thing it's like saying you know we compare religions and restaurants a lot i've noticed maybe it's just because i'm on a diet but it's like saying all all restaurants serve the same thing well no they don't oh well you know if you really generalize it they're all just trying to feed people yeah but in that generalization you missed all of the wonderful spices and recipes and flavors and some are going to appeal to you and some aren't but if you oversimplify everything, overgeneralize everything, you miss the unique gifts of that moment. You miss the opportunity to taste something delicious. You miss the opportunity to grow. In the same way, no, all people aren't on the same page. We're all working on the same thing. Everybody's trying to grow. Everybody wants to love and be loved. Everybody's working on some kind of an understanding of good. Sure. But what is good for one person is going to be very different from what somebody else's idea of good is. The way to solve that problem is to get your idea of good out of the way and start listening for what God has to tell you. And here's the thing. You learn about God through your inner work. Yes, of course. But you also learn about God by serving his children. That's what we're here for. It can't just be your ideas anymore. It's time to grow past that. It's now time for our listen up portion of the podcast. And that is where we answer questions that y'all have sent in. And I think, Dieter, it's your turn to do the question tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And there's lots of ways to send us questions. The easiest way is just go to our website and fill out the contact form. But we'd love to hear from you. This time around, the question comes from Tom S. So thank you, Tom. I love your shoes. Um, <laughs> Tom asks, um, is it okay to give to charity? Yes. Okay, next Yay, question. Yay, let's go now, home. I, there's more to it than that. Of course, I'm. I I did not mean to be flippant. I, you know, obviously, it's just fine. Um, yeah, of course, it's okay to give to charity. It's okay to give, period. But I, I know what's what's going on there because this is this is about. Well, if we believe in, you know, I manifest my situation. Is that a way of getting in somebody else's way? Or is it the case that when somebody walks up to you in the parking lot of you know late at night? and says, hey, I need money for a bus ticket, my car broke down, and, and you, you wonder, is that person telling you the truth? Or you see the guy with the sign that says, you know, homeless vet, God bless, you know, or whatever variation of that. Is that okay? What am I supposed to do? You know, those kinds of questions. I think that's really what's going on there. Well, because we have given to Goodwill and Salvation Army and a whole bunch of other places this week that were open because we were cleaning out the house. So, uh, you know, we, we give to those charitable organizations 
a yeah. lot. And we give to religious and community to, services a good right, bit. They run a right. food bank in our town, Saint for Vincent example. Paul, right. and you know, we we kind of we spread it around, you know, depending on and sometimes to be honest, it's who's open the latest, but uh, you know, <laughs> it, it sometimes the day gets away and you just need to drop some stuff off, but I think for me the idea of giving to somebody that's holding up one of those signs again I think you have to sort of come from an intuitive place it kind of has to come from a gut place sometimes I do and sometimes I don't but I have a friend that always gives to people that are holding the signs or at the side of the road and it's because her mother she knows her mother is homeless um there's some there's some mental challenges there and mm-hmm. and sometimes she's on her mom's on her meds and sometimes she's off of her meds and so she knows that her mom most likely is on the street somewhere and so when she sees people standing with the signs she doesn't know, you know, it could be her mom. And so her thought is that she gives because somebody else is helping her mom in another state. Sure. And so she has a feeling that is much more deep than what I feel. And I think that that's important to acknowledge too. It's like, where are you coming from? Yeah. And and how are you feeling about it? And of course we have some responsibility about what is going to happen with this gift that I give is it the case that I am endorsing some kind of dysfunctional behavior pattern and all that? And those are totally valid questions. And yes, of course, you have to listen to your gut. And we do. Just as you said, we don't always give to the guy in the parking lot. You know, and you know what I mean, that sort of thing. However, there is another level where, remember, prayer starts with your intention. You see God happening, and then you act on that. And then you have to let it go, right? See, speak, surrender. We talk about it all the time. That's the cornerstone of, of how to live this stuff, how prayer works, and so on and so forth. What I'm trying to say is, if my motives are pure, if I'm giving because what I know is that my God is limitless and God gives without reservation to his children, and I am coming from that place of no fear, I want to be a representation of a giving universe and so on. If I can give that way and I give you something, it doesn't matter if you're a con artist. Right. That's between you and God. Right. I did my part between me and God. Yeah, that other person's prosperity consciousness or where what they're dealing with, that is none of your business. And that's one of the reasons that if somebody has asked come and ask us for money you know occasionally to help out or something like that it's always a gift if they feel led to give it back that is on them yeah we learn not to lend money but you don't you do not lend money you just give money or you don't if you cannot give it as a gift and completely release it and have no strings attached then don't give it. You know? I think that's a good way to say it. In fact, so let's let's boil it down. Here are the ground rules. Is it okay to give to charity? Yes. yes. But here's ground rule one. That is not the same thing as a tithe. No, it's because not. Because a tithe is a, is giving to God in exchange for, an acknowledgement rather, for spiritual food. And a tithe is what you give to your church only 
if they have fed you spiritually, that's different. And your tithe has to come before anything else. Mm-hmm. Ideally, it comes before you pay your material bills, before you buy a subscription mm-hmm. box or whatever. That's but okay. So we've talked about tithing before. So ground rule one is charity is not the same thing as a tithe. No. Ground rule two is, can you do it without any attachment for what happens next? In other words, just as you said, it doesn't matter what that person does or even if they accept the gift. It doesn't matter if they want the muffin. My thing is, did I was I ready to give? Did right. I did I put it out there to the universe? Right. And so can I can I get myself out of the way of that? Can I give from a place of can I do it like God does it? And if you can do that, that's really important. But similarly, and I say number three, I'm not sure what order these ought to be in, but one of the things that we say, and this would be rule number three, we do not give to need. Right. And this is very closely coupled with rule number two, but let me be very clear about that. There are people who, quote unquote, need the money, you know, so and so. People are hungry in the world. I get that. That's profoundly not lost on me. We're doing what we can to help with that. What I'm saying is, I don't give to need because when I give to need, what I'm saying is, you need this and you need me as your source. Look, if everything is a prayer, if you get more of what you put out in the universe, if I give to need, what do I get? More need. Mm-hmm. So, once again, just as you said, so, so right, um, make it a gift. Can you see like God sees? Can you give like God gives? If you can't, go back, work on it, come back again. Until you can. Until you can get to that place because you will be better for it and the people that are on the receiving end will be better for it because it really does, it really does matter. Your intentions matter and your prayer matters and how you give matters and, and, and in the manner in which you are ready to give. And like you said, need, need begets need and you are not the savior. You may have a little bit more than somebody at this moment in time, but I know that there are times in our lives that we received when it was super important. And if we'd have had to go back and feel bad about what we received and have to repay it and all this and that, oh no, that's yucky. Well, and let's I don't, remember, I don't wanna, you know, I don't want to even have that. And so I remember those times. And so now when, when I see somebody, it's like, baby doll, here, you have what I can give and it is given freely and it is given because you. Are, you're not going to be here forever. And this is this is a little seed. This is a little seed money or a little seed mm-hmm. gift that is going to grow and it's going to grow your consciousness and grow this, your prosperity. This whatever it is is, is, a, solidified is a solidified affirmation, yes. right? If you can do that, that's the thing. You know, our hero was a homeless guy. Let's be real clear. Jesus didn't say, come hang out at my pad. You know, Jesus would have had a sweet pad, <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. And what he did say was, th- there was no problem with feeding multitudes. He didn't tell them to go hungry. There was no problem with good wine. We've talked about that. There was no problem with paying the taxes. There was no problem with him teaching the disciples how to be better fishermen. It's not about going without money. For example, isn't the problem. But what Jesus did say is, if you love money, you're going to have a problem here. Because it doesn't deserve your love. It's just a tool. Love people. Love God. Love his children. It's like loving love a yourself. hammer. Love yourself. 
Yeah. You know, it's like loving a hammer yeah. in your garage. It's it like, is what are so you doing? Or, misplaced. I really love that screwdriver yeah. and that, that saw. And, you know, it's, it's like, a great tool. Yeah. It's a great tool. Yeah. I got a cool set of screwdrivers, but it's not important. It's just a tool. And so can you give from that place of, I'm not giving because my money is somehow magical and going to save your life. No, that's another kind of love and money. I'm giving because I love you. And if you can do that, you'll know the right way to be. All right, as we move into the check it out part of our show, that's the time when we talk about where we're going to be and what we're going to be up to and all that sort of thing. As always, come find us on our website. There's an event section that talks about all this in a lot more detail. Usually it gives links to what we're doing, so I'll give you the quick version right now. Starting on May the 2nd, that's a Tuesday, I'm going to be teaching a seven-week Bible class. You don't have to have any prior experience with Bible stuff. In fact, it's better if you don't because I want people to come fresh with whatever ideas they came with before. Um, But that's May the 2nd, seven weeks. It's going to be at First Unity Spiritual Campus. You can go to firstunity.org, check that out, or go to our website and, and check that out. And it starts at 7 p.m. 7 every, to 8.30. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I love, I'm a Bible guy, as you know, and it's just, it's so nice to be able to share that. And then on May the 21st, I'll be doing the Sunday service at First Unity. You'll be flying solo on that one. I won't be able to do that one with you. And... We also wanted to let you know that on Wednesday mornings at 7.20, we meet at North Shore Beach, and that's in St. Pete, and we have our morning walks, and come get get a cup of coffee with us, have a talk with us, and so everybody's always welcome to come join us. Jenny might buy you a muffin. I might buy you a muffin. Well, you know, you never know. Also, Every Sunday evening, about a half hour before the sun goes down, we meet on St. Pete Beach to watch the sun go down together. And it's just become like a really cool ritual. And we have different people every week. And it's just really, really nice. And it's just a nice way to kind of end the week and start and get ready for Monday morning. So if you're anywhere near St. Pete Beach or you'd like to join us, Come on down, contact us on our Facebook, and we'll give you the location later on. But we we, uh, we park at the Dolphin Village parking area, mm-hmm. and that's and you'll 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 know if you're around St. Pete, you'll know where that is. I wrote a little piece about going to see the sunset on the website. It's called Riding Giants. It's the name of the blog post, and it talks a little bit about why it's meaningful. I'd love for you to to take a look at that. And I also want you to know that uh, in June, June twenty fifth. You and I are doing our branching in presentation and a workshop afterwards at Unity of North Tampa. So we got a little while before that, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I love doing that with you. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a really, really good year so far with the book and the book tour and all the signings and everything. I've just loved meeting everybody and talking with everybody. It's been fantastic. Yeah, and writing the book really changed our lives, and it's just that the change continues. Dieter, let's wrap it up. 
you know there's going to be at some point like a let's wrap it up t-shirt or a hashtag or some kind of oh gosh i just i can't i can't hashtag wrap it up Dieter. there are parts of your life like when you say wrap it up like that that are uncomfortable but the reason that they are uncomfortable may well be because you need to look at what they're trying to tell you. I'm not suggesting that you're supposed to chase pain. You're not supposed to suffer. That's never what this is about. However, you are supposed to grow. You are supposed to stretch and move past your comfort zone and find exciting new ways to be an exciting new person. There is a timeless truth, a limitless power inside you. And what you have to do is find ways to let that out in your temporal existence. You have gifts to give. And you're here to just give them. It doesn't matter what people are going to do with those gifts. It doesn't matter how that's going to be received. None of that is your job. All of that is God's job. Get really clear on what God has given you. What God sees when God looks at you. And try to see other people that way. Try to give in that way. And try to get out of the way. Because what I give to you, if my motives are pure, what I give to you, what you do with it is between you and God. It's not my job to figure that out. So let yourself off the hook a little bit. And let that other person off the hook too. It's okay for us to be different. People are always going to be different. Learn how to move past alienation, past tolerance, and into a celebration of the fact that you and I and everybody else, we don't say the same things but we're working on the same things. And that distinction makes all the difference. The Unity Society podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the lovely orange couch. And our amazing sound engineer, the, the person who listens to all of this and edits the podcast and does a million wonderful things, is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She's one half of the music that you hear on this podcast. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph, who's getting ready to graduate from college, believe it or not, in uh, just a few weeks. We're so proud. This podcast is solely supported by you. And you know what that means. It means two things specifically. First of all, spread the word. Tell somebody. Send a link. Tweet. Facebook it. Instagram it. Pinterest it. I don't know. Something. Carrier pigeon it. Whatever you have to do. Tell somebody about this podcast. We're counting on you to do that. And we are counting on you to go to wherever you're listening to this podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. And write us the best review that you can. I'm asking for five stars. It's going to take you 30 seconds. And it's going to make all the difference for us. Because that five-star review promotes our website it, it activates the mechanism the computer programs that that make more people aware of our podcast so please take a minute spread the word write a good review that's how you can support what we're doing have a great week everybody and get out there and do some good